0: The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country. Visit Vistarcu.org and also ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. ABC, always be celebrating. This is Dooley Noted, everything Florida Gators,
1: with your host, Pat Dooley.
0: Okay, and welcome into another edition of the Dooley Noted podcast. We're going to talk about Florida, Georgia. We'll probably get into a little Willie Taggart, uh, Michael Divinity. (laughs) It was a strange, strange uh, couple of days in the world of college football. In fact, it's kind of funny. uh, Nationally, the media kind of jumped right off of talking about Florida's Poor performance against Georgia because of what happened with Willie Taggart. So we'll get into all that. Uh, Peter Burns is going to join us a little bit later. We'll talk a little bit about the LSU-Alabama game coming up and uh, what he saw from Florida-Georgia as well. Peter just had a new baby, so he may not have seen much of the game. At any rate, I did want to say uh, it was really, really cool at the game Saturday. First of all, it was a great weather because it was nice it wasn't hot it wasn't stupid hot last year i remember being really hot at the game and you know walk just a walk to the uh from the parking lot sweating like a a shack uh, but i did want to all the people that came up to me in the parking lot because we tailgated a little bit you know we brought some subs and sat on the edge of the car and my my family came over but all these people who came up to me and told me how much they love the podcast and they said that you're always saying on your podcast how much you like it when people say they love it. So here I am saying I love it. So there were a lot of people that did that. The great thing is almost all of them had food for me. They were offering me food. In fact, this one group uh, really good guys, not only did they have food, they had crab legs and steak, and then they had a bathroom under lock and key. They were the MVPs of the um, tailgate for me. But uh, Karen and I were talking about this last night. It is different. How what makes Florida, Georgia different isn't just the split crowd. It's the fact that Florida and Georgia people will party together, that they're not mortal enemies. And I know a lot of a lot of people out there hate Georgia more than anything. Okay, and there's but there are a lot of people who don't, who want to be Georgia, and it's still the goal. And they got their hearts broken by Lindsey Scott, but they still have friends that are Georgia. I can't think of anybody. In my life that I'm close to or that I like a lot that is a Miami fan, for example, or a Florida State fan, I just can't. Now, I was married to an FSU uh, graduate, my first marriage, but she wasn't much of a fan. She didn't really care about sports, which is two reasons why we got divorced right there, but uh, at any rate, uh, I do appreciate all those people, and I think everybody had a good time before the game. In fact, my daughter told me about the guy who sat in front of her who was passed out until the fourth quarter. He came around the fourth quarter, and, go Gators! <laughs> but she had a she had fun, except, of course, for the result of the game, and I don't think anybody who was a Gator fan and watched that game had fun. It was terrible. I mean, it. you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, it's it happens sometimes in college football where one team plays really well, maybe slightly above how good they are, and the other team plays not very well, a, a little below how their what their talent level is. And when that happens and you lose by seven, you should almost be thankful that it wasn't worse because Florida Georgia played the perfect game almost. I don't want to say, and nobody ever plays a perfect game, but Georgia played exactly the game they wanted to play. They played from ahead, you know. They 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 made the big plays on um, defense. They even when Florida finally figured out exactly how to move the ball, they made them take time to move it there at the end. And let's not forget, Florida had three possessions in the second half. Three possessions. One of them ended because Trask took that awful sack. The other two scored touchdowns. It's not like Georgia was stifling them. It's not like Georgia – now, in the first half they did, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, a little bit of it was self-inflicted. But here's the bottom line. Sometimes a coach coaches don't have their best game. They don't have their best play calls on. Sometimes you go for fourth and one and you throw the ball and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense with an empty backfield to me. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that damn Mullen's got to go. I've gotten a few of those. I've gotten a few of the heavy needs to be fired, and Grantham needs to be fired. But the bottom line is, one team there. It's not like Kirby Smart did anything brilliant. I what 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 that was was a perfect scenario for Georgia. He never had to make a decision. He never had to fake a punt. Or do something that out of desperation, you know, because things weren't going well. He never got in that position. All he had to do was stick with the game plan. And that's what they did. And they did a wonderful job. Give Georgia credit. They're a really good football team. They're not, I don't think they're in the, at the level of the um, Alabama and LSU or Ohio State and probably not Clemson. Maybe, I mean, they're probably at Penn State's level. But here's the thing. Doesn't mean they can't win a game in the playoffs. Doesn't mean they can't knock off LSU or Alabama in the SEC championship game. It only takes one game, right? And they're pretty good. They're you know, they're real good. They're not great. They've got to play from ahead. I don't see that as being a team that's gonna come back on you very much. Um and and on the other hand, Florida did not play good at all. They played a poor game. I'm going to tell you why the first quarter was a disaster after we take a break. You're listening to the Delino Podcast at GatorSports.com.
1: At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch An online or phone chat for those quick questions. And a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. No one gets you ready to celebrate like the team at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. You want great prices in a giant selection? They've got it. You need convenient locations, online ordering, and fast service? ABC's got you covered. Get a jump on this month's deals at abcfws.com. Visit any of their 123 Florida stores today for free samples or get expert advice from their beer, wine, or spirits experts. Don't forget a cigar in their walk-in humidor. ABC is Florida family-owned and operated since 1936. ABC. Always be celebrated rating okay
0: welcome back to the duly noted podcast um yeah I, here's now this is e- evidentiary uh information that has come down to me about one of the problems florida had early in the game and you remember they called the two timeouts we had a guy call in the other day and said that he knew that um they had uh, the wrong wristbands. Their wristbands did not mesh. In other words, they're signaling in, okay, we're going to signal in, I'm, and I'm just picking these out of the air. We're going to single single in um, X blue. Okay, X blue means you get three wide receivers left, one right, um, and that's the formation. Well, it was coming in X blue on one wristband and X yellow on another. And, and again, I don't know what, what it was coming in, but... Trask was getting one play. The receivers were getting a different play. It was a disaster. Now, when we asked Coach Mullen about it on Monday, or I wasn't even at the press conference. I get a, I'm get. i not going to say I was there when I wasn't. I did not go. I had other things going on. Um, but when he was asked about it, he said that there was an administrative problem. And that sounds like it uh, – since then, I've talked to other people who've said, yeah, that was what was going on. So obviously, they that was that's a bad mistake. That's a mistake that shouldn't be happening a weeknight. It's a mistake that shouldn't be happening uh, at a, a program like this with all the people that are running around with with jobs. And uh, you know, it's it certainly seemed to set the tone for the game. You know, right, that that drive, you go down there and score on that drive, which certainly you had a first down at one point, and they they reviewed it. Um, it, it it just to me has set the tone for the game, you know. But this goes back to, and I know people aren't going to still aren't going to buy my theory here. One reason I wasn't high on Florida before the season, and I was not like saying this is going to be a disaster. I I said it's a nine and three team, and the reason I did is because of the roster. And you guys know if you listen to the podcast, I was concerned. That because of all the people they had lost, went through injury and through transfer portal and all this other stuff, that because of all these people that, that had left, they were uh, they weren't as deep as they needed to be, and they were very young in uh, in terms of um, guys who were going to be backups. But I also there were other things in the roster I, I I didn't like, and one of them was if if your defensive ends weren't playing you were going to be have freshmen out there who weren't physically ready to play. And we saw that be, be a problem. The other thing, though, is you get the ends back and everybody thought, oh, that's going, to, well, that's going to change everything. And it didn't. And it didn't because it's hard to be injured and fight back. And for the most part, you were doing like conditioning work. You weren't really going out there and smacking people around. And then all of a sudden, you're putting a game against an elite offensive line, which Georgia has couldn't make an impact. You know, Grenard said he played terrible. Uh, I don't. Zuniga didn't look like he played very well either. It looked like he maybe got re-injured. Although they said he's going to be okay. Um, so th- the ends being back was no factor at all. But this goes back to the issue of the roster where I just think Florida, it, at times, it's going to be easier to expose a team that doesn't have that kind of depth, that quality depth that Florida needs. They just don't have it yet. And they have to get better and they have to recruit better. No, there's no doubt. This is no this doesn't take a genius to figure out. I wrote about it in July. Yeah. George is out recruiting Florida right now. Kirby's better at it. Kirby walked in the door with a better situation. He had better facilities and he had the experience of having been at Alabama and recruiting all these same guys that you had, you know. Now, oh, I had a relationship with this guy for three years, recruiting him to Alabama. Now I can go to recruit him to Georgia, and we still have the same relationship. Dan Mullen was recruiting three-star guys at Mississippi State. So he wasn't recruiting at the same level because it's Mississippi State, and then he had to kind of reestablish. So I'm not surprised that this happened, that that we all knew that Georgia had done a better job in recruiting. Florida was doing a better job in coaching. And then for this game, you can either say one or two things. Either they coached the Florida coaches, which there's an argument to be made there, or they're just better than Florida. And there's an argument to be made there. And with all those things, and all the things that went against Florida, including the catch, that, that I've looked it up, I literally looked it up a long story on what is a catch in college football, and I'm more confused than ever. I have no idea, but they ruled it a catch, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you can't complain about it. You complain. It's just like somebody says, how you doing? I go, I can't complain. What good would it do you to complain anyway? It ain't going to do you any good to complain. There's no transparency in this league. There never will be. It's always going to be hush-hush, and they're going to keep things behind closed doors. I don't know why. I think they want to make sure officials don't catch too much crap. And I, I kind of get that too, but I think I would like to have an. I think everybody deserves an explanation as to why that was a catch. It's funny that Dan Mullin says, um, "You know, you have to ask Birmingham." I'm like, you, you can't get an answer for Birmingham. Usually, when I when I get a hold of somebody in Birmingham, the answer is. We review all plays and we determine it was a catch. That would be the answer. Okay. Well, well, but why? The ball hit the ground, right? We reviewed all plays and we determined it was a catch. Anyway, there's no sense in complaining about it, though, right? So, but my point, and I knew I had one. My point is this: Florida really didn't play well. They were di- they were totally discombobulated at the start of the game because of the wristband thing. Dan Mullen was obviously very upset about it. Okay? All that happened. They didn't play well. They didn't coach particularly well. This is the third time we've seen in an SEC game a wide receiver running down the field with nobody anywhere near him. I don't see how that can happen. I, look, I am I guarantee you, I don't know this for sure, but I guarantee you that, uh, you know, James Coley, the offensive coordinator of Georgia, looked at the play against Tennessee that that they were through. Guarantano, guys wide open, nobody even near him. And the play that Auburn ran, all of them to the same exact spot in the field. And they I don't know if it was the exact same play, but it was some price some variation of it. So they didn't coach good, they didn't play good, and they and they nothing went their way. No holding calls of course. The one holding call did didn't uh, Uh, take away a touchdown because it was on the edge. That's the only reason they're going to call holding in the middle of the field. Wait till you see Alabama LSU Saturday night. Saturday afternoon, actually. Although night's coming earlier now. Alabama LSU will have no holding calls unless you physically pick up a guy and throw him to the ground. And even then it might not. It's what happens in big games. And this was a huge game. There's no doubt. It was the most watched game on CBS in 30 years because it was there was so much on the line so many you know I told I talked a lot about how this wasn't a playoff game and this wasn't for the east but it was still gigantic and certainly now nobody's going to think Florida has a chance to win the east but they do there's a chance and here's here's the path and it's not that crazy okay it's not that crazy the path is win your last two games beat Vandy this week Vandy's not very good, but they've gotten a little better. They're, they're, they're not going to quit on him. You know that. Beat Vandy, and then go beat Missouri, which I know is hard, but Missouri's very mediocre. I know they're better at home, but that place isn't that hard a place to play. And and look, they could be coming off a beatdown from Georgia as well. You say, well, wait, doesn't Missouri have to beat Georgia? Not necessarily. Because it's possible that Missouri could be Georgia. It is. I know everybody's going to say there's no way it's going to be a blowout. Maybe it will be. But I will tell you this. We've seen bigger upsets this season than that. So anything is possible. But let's just assume they beat Missouri at home where Missouri has struggled to play on the road. Texas A&M is a pretty good team, right? Texas A&M's losses are all too These great teams. This is what, uh, what is it? Alabama, Clemson, and Auburn? Is that what it is? I think I'm right on that. But anyway, um, all top 15 teams. So they're good enough. Could they beat Georgia even in Athens? Yeah, they could. Could Auburn beat Georgia? Sure, why not? It's possible. Look, Georgia is still a vulnerable team. You can beat them if you can get ahead of them. If you can, that's what Dan Mullen was talking about. If You, you need to get ahead of them, and that was the thing. They had all these great plays, this, all this stuff lined up, ready to go. Let's get the lead, let's get on top, and then we're going to do this. We're going to bring in Emory Jones, and he's going to throw it. And we're going to have a flea flicker. And we're going to have all these things they had. They they already ran 50-something plays, and they never were in the lead. That's For them, that's just not ideal. That's not the way this team is built. And you can say, well, you need to adjust then. And you would probably be right. You need to have an answer when you don't have it going the right way, when things aren't going your way. And they did. They fought back. I mean, like I said – their last two possessions were touchdown drives, and people are complaining about the last one being seven minutes. You have to score there. It doesn't matter if it takes a long time and you only have a couple of minutes left When if you get the ball back. Okay, but at least you scored there and you made it a one-touchdown game. You have to score whatever it takes to score. And everybody says, well, throw it deep. Throw it in the end zone. Well, then you go three and out, and they, and they get the ball, and who knows? You may never get the ball back the way things are going. So I'd certainly get it. I saw uh, Urban Meyer do the exact same thing in Columbia, his first year. Columbia, South Carolina, they had a like, seven-minute march, and all I got was a field goal. And I pulled on, I think, them within eight in that game, and they never, i don't think they ever got the ball back. That one I didn't agree with. This one I—I I was okay with it. I, I, you know, they could have been a little more urgency getting up to the line of scrimmage, but you had to make sure. Don't forget, this is a team in the first quarter burned two timeouts. They couldn't line up right. So, still a ton to play for, guys. Still a ton to play for. Florida wins out against three teams that aren't very good, okay? And I, don't, I mean, if Missouri whacks Florida and FSU comes in here with an interim coach and beats Florida, I give them all the credit in the world. And maybe this Florida team doesn't recover the way they did last year eventually. They didn't recover right away from that Georgia loss, if you remember, with the Missouri game. But then they recovered. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I I don't know the psycho- psychology of this team. I don't. I don't look into their eyes and see what whether they're going to have that. Dan's the only one that can really know. But if you do that, if you beat Georgia and you win at Missouri and you beat FSU at home, you're going almost likely. Almost. I don't say it's a hundred percent, but it's a real good chance you're going to a New Year's Six bowl game at ten and two. That's not the worst thing in the world peeps you know um you got and if you win out you win the state championship okay maybe it, it's not enough for you I I get it it certainly is was a disappointing Saturday I don't expect anybody to be happy with what happened that's what that was uh, one of the most disappointing um, Florida Georgia games I've been to I mean it was sad to see this game was there for the taking, and Florida just couldn't take it. They didn't They didn't take it. Everybody's going to talk about the talent difference. The talent difference is negligible. It's there. They're, they definitely have some better players. Their offensive line is tremendous. Florida's isn't very good still. Um, but Florida's receivers are way better than theirs, and yet their, their receiver, uh, Lawrence Cager, had this – Miami transfer had this unbelievable career game. Um, so, you know, but look – there's there is a talent difference. It's not a huge gap, but there is a there was a gap in the way they played that day. And I don't know I don't know the answers to it. They're, recruiting is one of the answers, but it's not the only answer. Doing a better job, getting better players in there. Um. So and they maybe they will because of what happened in Tallahassee this week. Uh, obviously, I'm going to shift over for just a few minutes on Willie Taggart getting fired. Uh, the timing. Uh, I I get it from in some respects, you know. You kind of don't want your coach to win out, but I tell you what, they did a uh, they did their team and all FSU fans a disservice saying when the the AD Coburn says uh, six and six isn't good enough. I'm like, well, so you're conceding the loss to Florida? <laughs> really? Okay. Well, hey, Gator fans, raise your hands if you'll take it. I mean. Nobody's going to complain if you want to give them uh, that loss. So um, look, the Willie Tiger thing was not working. We all know that. Anybody who watched them, the, the game against Florida last year, I just went, "Oh God, they're not, they're not good. They're talented, but they don't, they aren't well coached." And then what do they do? They start with that loss, the hydration loss to Boise, and things just don't go well. I mean, they were they were seen to be maybe getting a little better, but the loss to Miami, I'm convinced that. That basically what happened was there's you know people wanted him out, uh, but they were kind of like let's just give him the rest of the year, so maybe they can turn it around. The Miami game they just went the Miami game was what to Taggart what the South Carolina game was to Muschamp like maybe he wins out you know he gets things turned around and they Muschamp goes and beats Georgia and now they 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 won a couple games in a row and and eh, they lose that game to South Carolina, which still is inexplicable, how they lost that game. And that's when, that was the point, point. I know for many of you it was way before that, that was the point when I went, ah, he's got to go now. I like the guy, but he's got to go. You can't have this negativity around. And that's part of the problem. The question is not who will they go get. I have no idea. And you know what? Neither does a lot of ado, uh, I should say, a lot of people who were tweeting that Bobby Stoops was a done deal, $40 million, which Bobby Stoops says, I have no idea what you're talking about. I haven't interviewed. I'm not going to interview. He's spotted in Tallahassee, except he wasn't in Tallahassee. And as soon as I read this stuff, I go, Thank God we don't have another coaching search to go through. They're the worst because everybody's got the story. My mailman dates a girl who said she took carol stoops house honey yeah that's all it takes next thing you know you gotta go chase it down um and, and i'm gonna say this and i said it i said it to somebody yesterday look i uh i if they hire mark stoops i i don't i i don't think that's the right hire for them i welcome that hire and and I had I've had people say, "Well, he's coached there before. He he knows the state. He recruits the state, um, and he's beaten Florida. Well, once, <laughs> okay. He also handed them two games. Um, no, I'm I'm. That's not. There are some guys out there that would scare me a little bit if I was a Florida fan. Um, I don't know if PJ Flex scares me. I think he does a little bit. And when I say scare, I mean. I mean, I'm just talking about in terms of you, you would worry more. And like right now, you weren't worried with Willie Taggart. You wanted him to stay on. I, I As I said in my column, this was the worst two days of the, of the season for Florida fans because they lost the game and then Willie Taggart got fired. Everybody was happy to have Willie Taggart there. But they're going to move on to somebody else and – It'll be really interesting to see who it is. Like PJ, like I said, PJ Fleck would scare me a little bit. Mike Norvell, I think I don't know. There's there is some uh, there's some baggage there, and I don't know about it for sure. I just know what I've been told by different people. There's some baggage, and you may have to overlook it. And um, I don't. I think he probably would be a good hire. Um, Mike Leach is the one that I keep coming back to. Man, I don't, I don't know if it's a fit, but is Mike Leach a fit anywhere in the world? There's nowhere in the world he's a, he's a perfect fit because he's such an odd duck. Good guy, if uh, but very, um, very, uh, what's the word? Polarizing as a, uh, you know, he gets involved in politics and stuff like that. I don't know if he's right for them. If he's going to press the flesh the way they want him but he would worry me because he now on the one hand he would worry me because he's such a good offensive mind on the other hand they never win anything have you noticed that so alright we'll see what happens there I'm going to get into some other stuff on the other side i want to talk about basketball starting as well as three things but first we have to take a break you're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor stop by your neighborhood zaxby's today or visit zaxby's.com all right welcome back to the duly noted podcast it's a great pleasure to be joined by my friend peter burns from the SEC network who has not been getting a lot of sleep i'm guessing because he just had a baby well he didn't have the baby but he now owns a baby
1: Right? I've been getting actually a, I've been getting a decent amount of sleep. I actually have I got less less sleep knowing uh, that LSU Alabama's coming out this weekend. That's <laughs> keeping me up more than my uh, than my son. And actually the big nightmare that I have, Pat is you know that we're a house divided family in my in my household. i'm I'm a kid born and raised in Baton Rouge. So I'm, I've always been an LSU fan and I married a diehard Alabama fan is you know what clothes do you dress your your kids in? when it's a house divided and so i I need some advice man what how do i handle this with my wife
0: you you put make a rule whoever wins the game the next year you have to dress in that outfit you have to be an alabama fan or an lsu fan depending on who wins
1: you can't uh, win an uh, argument uh,
0: you can't win an argument it's uh, impossible
1: uh, no no i I understand that's what i'm doing and I, i was joking around with somebody today an lsu fan saying man this drought has been forever i'm like Think of how Kentucky fans felt for, for three decades against Florida, right? Like, you know, all right, maybe this is our year. Maybe we could do something and to, to finally break that streak. Maybe uh, you know, last year, maybe something happens for the Tigers this year down in uh, in Tuscaloosa.
0: Yeah, I want to get to that, but also, I don't know how much of the Florida Georgia game you got to see with uh, obviously with a baby coming, and uh, but uh, it, obviously, I, I, this is what I just talked about. Look. Georgia played a really good game. Florida didn't play a really good game. It was a seven-point game. It's not the end of the world. Uh, they, clearly, Georgia's a little better than Florida, and just sometimes you just have to accept that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what it is. I think that's the reason why Dan and got so upset is that I think deep down in his heart, he knows right now the roster's not exactly where Georgia has that roster at. Um, and so to be that close and to have that opportunity, and it come down to a couple of small mistakes here and there, I think really hurts him because I, I or I think he was upset with that because he knew, hey, if we can get a win right now, when I don't have the roster where I want it to be this could be a catalyst to be huge for recruiting and to close that, quote-unquote, talent gap that he has. So, I, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it. I saw you write about it. I was reading your articles this week. I, I still go back and, and, you know, you always look at maybe one play here or there, especially on good good games that, that, that change the momentum. You know, not you know, going empty set on the fourth down call early yeah. in the game on that first drive it still baffles me, Pat. That they tried to they tried to pass it in that not uh, to Kyle Pitts out there.
0: Well, and that's the thing that that I agree with you, and it's easy to second guess, but I was first guessing it when it happened. I I literally said out loud, empty. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you're now telling the other team we're going to pass it you know and you got to try to stop the pass instead of we may run for a yard we may pass for a yard you don't know what we're going to do and that was my biggest question with it um you know but again Florida in the second half had three possessions now one of them right. sat, trash took the big sack and the other two they scored it's not like they didn't figure things out it wasn't like Georgia was impenetrable they just they just took they had to take a long time to do it
1: yeah and I think that's that's one of the things that that you know will go back and haunt gator fans, and even Dan, I think when he looks at it go hey man we were we were right there you know this isn't a situation like the year prior to where Georgia was just blowing the doors off everybody, and hey, it was this first year, and you could just tell, okay, these two teams are that this this is like tyson um you know fighting somebody early in his career. this was going to be a knockout early. This was a team that he felt like they could go toe to toe with, and if I'm a Florida fan. You know, and I talk to Chris Doring about this all the time. They're like, don't hold Dan Mullen accountable or <clears throat> get upset with him that he didn't win that game because you're already excited the fact that, hey, in year two, you feel like you should beat one of the top five teams in the country. There's a whole hell of a lot of fan bases that would kill for that at Dooley right now.
0: Absolutely, and, and i that's what I was saying. You've lost to number one and number six. You know, it's, right. <laughs> it's not like you've lost to Georgia State or somebody like that.
1: And you're in competitive and really looked like the better team at certain points. You know, I mean, even though Georgia always kind of had, uh, you know, a, a heads up, I, I felt like they played LSU as good as by, by far anybody in in, in in the in the country so far. Uh, despite the last uh, last you know interception late, but to me again, I, I think that if you go back there in a vacuum and you would have said, "Hey, I'm not going to tell you what the results are," but here you are as a top 15 ranked team. You played two teams tight. Are you happy with where Dan Mullins put this program? And if you're not, if you said no, then I don't know what the hell you're looking for because I think Dan's done a good job of putting this program in the right trajectory of where it should be as one of the college football playoff contenders.
0: Well, and you know that's the thing that with rivalry games, and like you said, you're about to experience one. I, I don't know. Let me ask you about the Michael Divinity thing with him being leaving the team, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, how much that hurts them, not only from a pass rush standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. You just lost one of your, your guys, you know, one of your guys that's been in trouble before. But uh, And yep. now you're going in a little bit down, and, and that may kind of wash out to his ankle situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great deal because the divinity, for those who don't know, was suspended a little bit earlier in the year, came back and, and had a big sack against Bo Nicks in the game against Auburn. Uh, and then you know, b- basically dismissed from the team. He l- leaves the team for personal reasons, um, and so however they want to phrase it. Yeah. <laughs> but Ed runs that he's he's well, he, you know, he's open to him coming back. So it sounds like it was a decision that Divinity made of his actions. So I-, I will say this: he's not an every down guy, but he runs this cheetah package, which is their all out blitz package. So that hurts, right? Because you lose one person who. While he's not – you know, it's not like last year where, you know, you you didn't have – my goodness, why am I blanking on his name? What was this star? Devin White. Remember, you know, they lost Devin White for that targeting penalty for the first half against Bama. It's not like losing Devin White, who's your heart and soul. Divinity is a good player. In a weird way, though, I've talked to people around LSU, and while, yeah, it hurts – They actually think, in a a way, it, it forces a couple of the other guys to have to step up. And it forces them to be like, this is your moment. Like, you came to LSU to play in big games, and, yeah, you haven't played a ton on these packages. It's your time. Show me something. And he says, in a weird way, it's kind of fired up everybody. And because it was Divinity's, you know, issues that, that they had, a lot of the team kind of perked up and said, "All right, I need to be on the straight and narrow. Let's make sure that we we, we are focused on on a once in a lifetime opportunity, which is, you know, to beat Alabama because that doesn't happen a whole heck of a lot." Yeah, I
0: I would think that the the one thing that would be very concerning if you were an LSU fan would be that Florida was able to throw all over LSU. Yeah, and, and they've got. A, a, Alabama's got way better. I mean, not, I don't want to say way better receivers. Florida's got good receivers, but they've got NFL receivers out there.
1: Yeah, I also think what's interesting, too, is when I talk to people kind of close to the program about how Aranda uh, 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 used in his defense to attack Florida. And they felt like, you know, and I'm, I'm putting words in their mouth, but my read on it was, Pat, is that they never felt that if it became a track meet, that Florida could keep up scoring with LSU, right? Like it was just more of a bend-don't-break type opportunity where there's, man, we have to stop Florida. What I mean by that is they just felt like, hey, if it becomes a score of you know trading touchdown to touchdown, we're not worried. Florida's not going to be able to put those same type numbers. So I I think that there is a proper amount of fear that Dave Aranda actually takes more risk against Alabama. And they look at it and go, you know what? Hey, man, they're going to score either way. And we, we're going to have to make some big plays to stop. I think they're a little bit more blitz happy. I think that they play a little bit more press coverage and just try to disrupt Tua, especially with his ankle probably not being 100%. They're doing anything they can to make him stay in the pocket just a little bit longer that, hey, maybe somebody can break through and actually sack him and you know and, 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 and get him off his game. Yeah,
0: and that's the thing that people don't realize with that ankle. It's not about him running ability; it's just about his ability to move in the pocket, where he's been really good right. at moving around the pocket and making throws. Before I let you go, Peter, I got to ask you about the enigma that is the Missouri Tigers. Uh, obviously, oh, they go to Georgia this week, and most of us would say, "Well, they can't play on the road, so this game's over." But you do have Georgia right. coming off a big game, and you do have we've seen bigger upsets in this this year than Missouri knocking off Georgia. What's your take, yeah, though, mean, on, on what's happened to them?
1: You know, I, I just think it's a team that's just been waiting in flux the whole year. You know, from the bowl ban to, you know, all of a sudden, hey, everybody could transfer, but nobody transferred. That was a testament to one, them wanting to stick it out for Barry Odom to weird scheduling. Like, it's just been all over the map for for them. And, and I think the big difference for them is that when they lost Cale Garrett, who was their, their stud um, – you know, he was their debit White, right? He was their yeah, stud, absolutely. Uh, you know, linebacker, kind of the leader, the Brian Erlacher of their defense. I think that they all of a sudden just kind of lost a little bit of that, all right, we've circled the wagons, it's us against the world, and when Cale went down, it's like, you know, seeing the general go down, you're like, Ugh, I don't know. And I think, honestly, the best thing that happened to Georgia was the South Carolina loss. As dumb as that sounds now, they still control their own fate. They went out, they're in. They lose, they know that they're out but it got everybody's attention, and it forced James Coley to get out of his his, his comfort zone and, and cause a little bit more havoc. So I don't think Kelly Bryant's 100% going forward, and it just stinks because, you know, this would have been a game where I think you and I talked about it over at Media Day, that so we had circled going, sure. hey, if it ain't Florida, it sure as hell could be Missouri, and that team has arguably been the most disappointing outside of Arkansas, just because I felt like, you know, Missouri football this year, Pat, is what Mississippi State football was last year—a team that had a ton of talent, an opportunity to do something special, and really have just fallen flat.
0: Well, you know they're going to get the word that they're gonna, they're going to be able to play in a bowl game. It's going to be the week of the Florida game. There's no doubt in my mind. They've been saving <laughs> they've been saving that moment just to get them fired up for that game. But uh, maybe maybe not. We'll see what happens. Hey, uh, Peter, it's always a pleasure. Peter Burns from the SEC Network will be back with more of the duly noted podcasts right after we take this break. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit Zaxby's.com. Okay, welcome back to the uh, Duly Noted Podcast, and we'll wrap it up with a uh, you – know, we'll get to three things in just a minute, but I did want to talk about uh, the college football playoff. This Tonight's – if you're listening to this on Tuesday, tonight's kind of a really cool night, and when you have two basketball games – one versus two, three versus four. And by the way, this is the first time ever that we've had one versus two in football and basketball the same week. So if you're you're part of a historic um, um, part of time. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, but the new rankings come out in the middle of those two games. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday, you're probably going to say, well, Dooley, you were wrong on that. But – Here's what I would. Here's where I would have it. I would have LSU one, Ohio State two, Alabama three, and probably um, I wouldn't have Clemson four. I'd probably have uh, what you gonna call it four. I can't, I've gone blank on the other team. Who's the fourth best team in the country? Penn State. Maybe you can make an argument about Penn State. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. I'd have, like, Clemson 5. You know, I don't know that – and, again, like, Dabo is getting really upset about it. You know, he's saying, hey, you know, who beats Alabama in their conference every year? Shut up. You know what? If you want to compare playing in the ACC to playing in the SEC, especially the SEC West, then you clearly are ignorant when it comes to football. So, why I, I like every time I try to get where I like Dabo, I try to be, you know, think about him a nice way. I always come back to something like that. And look, he's fighting for his team, but it, it's not going to matter. Do you think those guys in the committee room care what he says about that? They're doing it's all analytics and math and geometry and calculus. So, anyway, um, I know that wasn't very insightful when I just talked about the, the teams that are going to go into the playoff, but none of it really matters. Like, for example, if Alabama beats LSU on Saturday, Alabama will probably be number one the next week. But, but the trouble for Alabama right now, in fact, I could see Alabama being number four because their trouble, their problem is they don't have that signature win. They don't have they, – they've beaten everybody they played. There have not been really a close game. Closest may have been the Tennessee game, but they haven't got a. Uh, they need a signature win. They'll have a chance for it with this game, and then it's kind of funny because somebody was saying, I heard, um, well, you know, then they'll have a chance because they'll beat Auburn. But you know, if they beat Auburn and Georgia beats Auburn, how good is Auburn? If George, if Auburn has four losses, they'll probably still be in the bottom of the top twenty-five. But it that that by beating them, you actually hurt your, you know. Well, you don't hurt your value, but you hurt their value to the point where your value goes down a little bit, but you still got to win the game. Florida probably, I've seen them as high as eighth um, by some people guessing. And and again, this goes back to Florida's two losses are certainly not bad losses. That's what earlier in the, um, when I was talking about this game and everything and how Disappointed everybody is, but, you know, sometimes teams play good and sometimes teams don't play good. You know, Florida's now lost to number one and number six in the country, and and the sky's falling in. Now it, it, Obviously, look, there are things you're allowed to be negative about some of the things when you lose. I get it. I got a, a bunch of emails uh, Saturday, Sunday, and even into Monday, and I usually don't answer – the, the the mad angry emails after a loss because it'll take too long I'll be there all day and I don't want to argue you know you're you're, you're probably right you may be more right than I am um, what's my saying I know more than you think I know and I know less than I think I know yeah you, you know you're probably right they probably should have thrown the ball more to Van Jefferson or whatever or they shouldn't have given up on the running game. But in the end, they've got two losses, one by two touchdowns, one by one touchdown, you know, to number one and number six. Both of them, neither one of them at home. One of them on the road, one on a neutral side. It's not the end of the world. In fact, I go back to the beginning of the season. If I had said, hey, you guys are going to be seven and two after nine games. You're going to lose to Georgia and LSU. Ah, dang it. Georgia again. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but so that means we beat Miami and Tennessee and Kentucky and so okay, and Auburn we beat Auburn. Yeah, you would probably take it. You wouldn't be thrilled, but you would take it. So, a couple other things in college football: the Michael Divinity thing is really interesting. Him leaving the team, and I don't know what it is. It, you know, when you're suspended and then you leave the team, quote unquote sometimes i wonder if it's not the next step in a violation of team rules that it's not personal reasons that it is you got caught doing something again that you were told not to do you're the smu of football players that's and again i'm that's pure speculation but it makes sense and we'll just see if Tua's ready on Saturday. Um, I can't wait for that game. It'll be fun. Unfortunately, we aren't going to get to watch much of it. There's a part of me that wants to tape it and go and not let anybody tell me to score. But I can't do that. I'm the kind of guy, I got to know what's happening. What's happening? In fact, during the FSU-Miami game, I'm, I've got it on my laptop. Andy Staple sitting behind me was about three seconds ahead on what he was watching. He was watching it on YouTube. And he kept saying, "He goes, oh touchdown!" I go, Andy, quit talking. <laughs> I want to know what's happening. But I, 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 this is what I'm I'm stuck with was watching it on a little bit of a tape delay. I, I want to know what's happening. I don't want to I don't want to go home at seven thirty and hey, let's let's see what happened with Alabama and LSU. I can't do that. That's the journalist newspaper guy in me. I want to know what happens right now. By the way, I saw that Oregon has a collapsible toilet on the sidelines for the players, and I—is I, there a way to order one for tailgates? It seems like the coolest thing in the world, but I cannot imagine what they do to get rid of the what comes out of the players. <laughs> that, that 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 I don't want to think about. What I do want to think about is basketball. It starts tonight with, for Florida with North Florida Sunday, huge game against FSU. Um, this is going to be a really good team, but I will say this: they're not going to win every game. They're going to have games where they don't play great, um, but they are—they're um, going to be fine. They're going to be a pretty good, pretty good basketball team. Let's just see how it all works out. Let's see how it goes with injuries. Let's see how it goes with um, you know chemistry and and do they do they figure some things out? And we're not going to know it Sunday. We're not going to know it in. December, it's a long process um, and you know we have these other games so it's going to be a kind of a cool a lot of expectations for Florida but you know, do you think Michigan State doesn't have expectations they're number one in the country do you think Kentucky did not have expectations there are a lot of really good teams and there's a lot of really good teams in this conference we'll see how it goes alright, let's get to three things because I'm running out of time because we it's complicated It's time for three things. All right, number one, uh, I saw that Donald Trump is going to the LSU-Alabama game, and the first thing I thought was, Man, am I glad I'm not going to that game. Not because anything political, not because anything having to do with it. I, that is exactly the reasons why I th- I'm thinking more and more about retirement. Is going to a situation where you got to get there four hours before the game, and and go through all kinds of screening and everything, and then you finally get there, and you and you sitting there for a couple hours with nothing to do. I, I yeah, those things I'm I'm tired of. I'm tired of doing those. I was Florida Georgia game Saturday. I was trying to do some – it was nice to talk to a bunch of guys and everything, but it's just not, not my favorite thing in the world. I think I, I've just gotten so old. It's sad. Um, number two, the Browns are FSU, right? They got good players. We all know that. That's why everybody was all over the Browns in the beginning of this season. They don't play well, and they're undisciplined, and they make mistakes. They're exactly – I can't believe Willie Taggart's not coaching the Browns. They seem like the exact same team. They're not very good. And finally, number three, uh, Dale Murphy is on the old-timers ballot. I would love it if he got in. I am a huge Dale Murphy fan. I'm a brave guy. and I mean, that 82-83, it was magical to watch him play. MVP two straight years, but I don't see it happening. I mean, he he did hit, uh, what, 398 home runs, 398 homers. Um, They've got this old-timers group that lets in the – it's a complicated on the modern era or whatever. But Thurman Munson, Don Mattingly, Dave Parker, Ted Simmons are all on that ballot. He probably isn't going to get in there either. I wish he would. Uh, Twelve. You have to be on 12 of 16 ballots. I wish he would It'd make me happy, but I'm a homer. Um, all right, that's going to do it for our podcast today. Thanks so much, everybody, for clicking on. We'll be back with you on Thursday. We're going to preview Florida vandy and of course Alabama LSU. We may even talk a little bit about that Big Ten game. Ah, now nah, we probably won't get into that. Until next time, I'm Pat Dooley, sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep. I am way back, and I am out of here. Mm-hmm. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. And by ViStar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country. Visit vicestarcu.org and also ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. ABC, always be celebrating.